all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason, you. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. This is Southern Remedy with Dr. Jimmy Stewart on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email the show, remedy at mpbonline.org. And now, Southern Remedy on MPB Think Radio. Good morning. This is Southern Remedy on NPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, Professor of Internal Medicine and Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center, your host for this hour, and uh, we're going to be taking your calls. This is the Southern Remedy program where generally we, we take anything that anybody uh, you know has a health question on. So that's one of the good things about this hour is that you can sort of determine what the topics are. We don't really have a theme for the hour, uh, but you can call us today. We will uh, do our best to point you in the right direction at least or try to answer those healthcare questions that you have. Maybe it's about a new diagnosis uh, or symptom that you have. Maybe you just didn't quite understand why the physician uh, or your doctor put you on a uh, certain medication. Uh, anything that you might think about, you can call us at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you can always send an email to remedy at online. Org. Hope everybody is staying as dry as possible. I know a lot of people have been hit hard by the flooding that we've had here in central Mississippi, uh, right around the Pearl River Basin. And uh, just, man, y'all be careful out there. There's a lot of things, uh, health issues about the water level, not just the um, the threat of the water itself. But uh, most people don't realize, you know, uh, we've had this talk around our house, like, why don't we just get out in some kayaks or canoes and sort of go exploring in some areas a uh, lot of danger in that. The water typically in some areas is going to be contaminated and not safe for, uh, you know, getting in contact with it. Uh, sewage systems are often contaminated when you have flooding in and around homes and neighborhoods. So keep that in mind. Let the people who are trained to do that do their jobs, uh, stay out of their way. And uh, there's a lot of other things you can do to help the people who have been affected by this. So certainly uh, you want to do what's uh, safest for you uh, and for others. We're going to go to our first caller this morning, uh, Kelly from Jackson. Good morning, Kelly. Uh, good morning. Uh, I've just got a, a, a knuckle on my right hand that yesterday it was just sore and hurt a little bit, and today it swole up tremendously and really sore and hurting. I'm just wondering what that could be. Did you hit it at all, Kelly, or did it just sort of pop up on its own? No, it just popped up on its own. I, I don't know that I hit it. And is it, which finger is that? Like if your index finger was your first finger and you got those other four there, where where is it? It'd be the next one. Okay, so the middle one. Okay. Uh, so a couple different things. So 
Uh, these joints in our hands, they do lots of stuff. We use them a lot. Um, so a couple of things that it could be. You can have an acute injury to that joint space. Uh, we call that the synovium is the tissue in that joint space that helps to produce uh, some of the slick fluids to help that joint move back and forth. And then also it can, uh, you know, you can have a lot of different infections around that area too. They, and it doesn't, you know, a lot of people are like, well, I, why would I get an infection? Why would I have an injury to that joint space uh, if I can't remember it? Um, you can have that. Uh, it can be distant to that. So I would look around to see if you got anything funny going on with your middle finger uh, around the nail bed. Maybe it's something that you, you know, had an in, that got sort of injected in there, and now it's sort of set up shop at that uh, at that joint. Let me ask you a couple other questions, though, to help differentiate this. Is it warm to the touch when you touch it? Oh, Kelly, you still there? Yeah, I was I was touching it with my oh, other hand. Okay. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, it is warm. Okay. Okay. And it, and it definitely hurts when you move it. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I can feel it at all times now, and it's swollen twice the size of my other joints or more. And when did it start again? Yesterday. Okay, so pretty pretty. Uh, close time period. So it it sounds like it could be a couple of things. So in, any kind of inflammation, you think about you think things about. like, uh, hey, Kelly, turn the radio down. We're getting a lot of feedback there uh, while, while we're talking. There we go. Um, so uh, inflammation from infection would be one thing I would think about, particularly if it's warm to the touch. But you can also have uh, sort of the body's way of dealing with any kind of inflammation is along the similar things. If you haven't already, I would probably do a cold compress to that. Uh, you know, you, that's a lot of different ways you can do that, but just applying uh, cold to that over the next 24 hours. If it's still there after another day, I think somebody should probably look at you. There are things that can sometimes be in joint spaces, like uh, so things like gout can do that. But again, infection would still be pretty high on my list of things that might be causing it. And you don't want to let that go too far because a lot of times you can lose a lot of that mobility with the joint space in your hand. Uh, But they may want to put you on antibiotics after looking at it if it is an infection. I think you're probably okay to give it another day, though, and maybe try just a cold compress on that knuckle. All right. I sure appreciate it. I thought it might be arthritis all of a sudden with... with well, it, it it could be, but usually that's more gradual. So uh, just coming up over a 24-hour period, um, that would be a little bit unusual. A good exam of that joint uh, is going to be key, uh, if the way it feels. Uh, some of the arthritis that can cause things like that just in, in that, that uh, joint space, uh, certainly any joint space you can have sort of the wear and tear arthritis, but the autoimmune arthritis is going to feel a little bit different. Um, and it's possible that that would pop up this fast, but it's usually not the, the case. All right. I appreciate it. I just wonder if there's any foods or anything that I'd need to avoid. Uh, if it's something like gout, uh, and this is a little bit unusual you know, place to have it, but you could, it could be gout, uh, lots of uh, meats, alcohol, those kinds of things, probably lay off that for the next day or so. All right. I appreciate it. All right, Kelly. Yeah, that's uh, some. Sometimes it uh, takes a little bit of time to differentiate that. I don't know. If we totally got all the symptoms going on that we need to to diagnose that, but uh, certainly uh, some things to, to go in the right direction. This is Southern Remedy. Doctor Jimmy here with you live this morning, taking your calls. You can um, uh, call us at one eight seven seven MPB ring. 
That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you can always send an email to remedy at mpbonline.org. And those emails, they don't have to be sent while we're on the air. We're, uh, we receive those, and we try to answer those individually. But we also like to uh, bulk those together from time to time and do a program, particularly when I can't be here. We try to pre-record that, those uh, so that we uh, can share some of that information with our larger community. All right, let's go to Kay in Memphis. Good morning, Kay. Uh, good morning. I can't believe there was only one person ahead of me. Oh, yes, that's right. Well, you got in early, Kay. We encourage yeah, people okay. to call in early, so you did exactly what you should. Okay, before I get into what I want to talk to you about, you were mentioning the rebroadcast. I just accidentally came up on the fact that, that, you, uh, that you rebroadcast Sunday morning at 6 o'clock a.m., 6 a.m. That's what I've been told most of the time, Kay. I, I am not listening, but some people have yeah. I have have approached me and said, "Hey, you woke me up on Sunday morning," and I think, yeah. "Did I call them or anything?" But you're right. <laughs> so we do uh, that is rebroadcast on Sunday mornings. If you didn't uh, if you didn't catch yeah. it on Wednesday, and, and on and on Saturday morning, it's the veterinarian show. Yeah, I have I have listened to that definitely when yeah. I've been out okay. and about. Okay, okay, okay. I have two or three things I need to talk to you about one mostly not medical okay um well let's, let's do the medical let's do the first. medical i may not be able to answer that other one so let, why don't we do the well, medical it has, it has to do with medical but not prescription the other one it's it's medical but okay. it's not prescription all right what's the first um, one okay i have noticed uh just the last yesterday and today that i am guess i am skipping a heartbeat about every 25 beats or so i don't know i was off of my car law for about a day and i'm back on it and i'm i, I am a bit concerned that um, i'm beginning to have a symptom and i think i have been symptom free for quite a while yeah if you, it, it, so you can have that and uh, i know we've talked about that before on the air but uh, you know an, ex, an extra heartbeat every once in a while so every 25 beats is not that often uh, if it's just one or two in a row, that's usually not a problem. It does depend on the type of extra beat that is, though. But if you're not having chest pain or shortness of breath uh, or nope. those, those kind of symptoms, it's probably okay at this point. No, well, this is not an extra beat. I don't call it extra beat. I call it skipping a beat. Yeah, and and a lot of times, Kay, that'll be caused by an extra beat, like it's a it's an abnormal, oh, okay. yeah, it's an abnormal okay. place okay. in your heart that's firing off, okay. and then okay. you'll have a compensatory uh, compensatory pause after that. But if okay. I would say if okay. you if you're not having okay. the symptoms, it should be okay. I would, it might be uh, caused by skipping that uh, the you mentioned the carvedilol, which is a combined alpha beta blocker, and that uh-huh. that sometimes if you miss a dose. Uh, you know, it's it that that could be causing it. Okay, okay. Now the other is medical, but it's not about a prescription. Okay. I need uh, you probably remember that I'm an old retired medical social worker, so I worked in the field. I know working with doctors, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I am having a problem with my doctor's nurse, <laughs> and I am well. I'm sure you remember that uh, they were concerned last time when my blood pressure was 190. Right. You remember that? Okay. Right. Well, he he gave me a, an appointment for two months later. Usually it's three months. 
And I didn't realize that they had changed it, and I got a notice that they needed to reschedule. Well, I I had no luck in rescheduling, and she I I accepted one. I did not have transportation. I, this this is a dead area during the day. So anyway, but I went ahead and and gave her thir- th- uh, selected Thursday. Well, on Wednesday she called me and wanted to know if I was going to be able to get to my appointment. Well, I couldn't. And so anyway, I just canceled the whole darn thing. Now, see, I cleaned up my language a little bit. <laughs> you did, Kay. I'm proud of you. <laughs> and, and you cleaned it up on the rebroadcast, so you took it out completely. <laughs> well, Kay, yeah, those are those are systems problems that a lot of people have, um, you know, with with their physicians. So I think this is I, not my wait, wait, wait. This is not my physician. I know. It's, this, it's, is, this is a nurse. When, when I say that, though, it's the whole team, and I think no, oh, I, no way. I think okay. you need to bring that, you know, back to to the the office so that they can maybe communicate a little bit better on those appointments. Well, and, see, this is this goes back a while when uh, she absolutely lied about what she had told me. And she took my blood pressure, and it was back, it was 180-something. And then she went right on in. She said, you need to go home and take your amlodipine. Went right on into something else because I was going to tell her, no, I will go home sit quietly and wait and see what my blood pressure does, and it, it will go down, and I don't need to take my medicine. Well, I didn't have a chance ever to tell her that, and she just told one big fat lie about two or three things, and now I just have no confidence in her. She gave me the wrong instructions about changing my medica- one medication, and uh, I have not had her call me to remind me to come in for my INR. I have not had one for two months or more. Okay. Kay, so, uh, I, I, let, let me interrupt you here. I, I think these are going to be issues that we're we're not going to be able to uh, to address here on the program. So I think you, you need to, you know, if you, anybody's having those kinds of issues, those are best uh, discussed and uh, addressed at the source, which would be your physician's office. So, um, so we'll we'll let you. We'll let you do that, and good luck to you on uh, on that. But it is something that you need to address, it sounds like, uh, so that you can have that confidence rebuilt. I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart. Thanks for listening to the original Southern Remedy podcast. You can get your medical question answered by sending an email to remedy at mpbonline.org. For a regular dose of medical information, subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcasting app. The doctor is always in on the original Southern Remedy. Hey, this is Larry Morrissey with the Mississippi Arts Commission. I'm one of the hosts of the Mississippi Arts Hour, the arts interview show on Think Radio. Each week, myself or one of my fellow hosts bring you in-depth interviews with different creative Mississippians. We talk with visual artists, musicians, writers, as well as people who help bring the arts to their communities. We hear about how each artist learned their craft and get some insight into their creative process. You can hear the Arts Hour every Sunday at 5 p.m. on Think Radio, or listen anytime by subscribing to the show through your favorite podcasting app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. This is Southern Remedy with Dr. Jimmy Stewart on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call one 877 mpb ring That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email the show, remedy at mpbonline.org.
is Southern Remedy on MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Jimmy with you today, live, taking your calls, and I already got some good ones. We're going to go right into our next call, which is Diane from Philadelphia. Good morning, Diane. Oh, good morning. Uh, The problem I'm having is the last couple of years I have developed facial tics, and I'm wondering if that's an indication of anything serious or if I just, if it's nerves. They're worse at night, but I'm a teacher, and occasionally a kid will say, are you trying to wink at me because my (laughs) eye tick? Yeah, Yeah, and uh, a couple different things, uh, Diane, that it could be. So, uh, you know, later in the day, particularly if you use your, I was going to ask you, you answered my question before I could ask you, uh, about, you know, sort of what you did during the day. Um, Using your face, you know, for different things, particularly if you're a teacher, if you're talking, Our faces have a ton of muscles in them to help us express things and to communicate. Um, And if you use them a lot, they can fatigue just in the same way that you can have fatigue if you were running a race uh, or doing, you know, things throughout the day. And almost everybody has had that sensation of one place because we use our eyes so much later in the night. Sometimes you can have like a trembling of your eyelid or it can be a, a rhythmic contraction of those eyelids. So that's the most common thing. Um, There are some conditions that you can have, and some of those later in the day you can have problems where uh, the nerves going to those muscles, innervating those muscles and telling them to blink either voluntarily or involuntarily, they can sort of go into spasm. There are also some systemic medical conditions. There's a lot of electrolyte abnormalities that sometimes can do this, calcium, potassium being too... Um, so if it's persistent and it's interfering with things, particularly during the day, I would probably go to your physician or your primary care provider and just say, Hey, this is going on. Could you check some things just to see? They're probably going to, you know, get some more questions about, you know, exactly what's going on. Make sure that they know exactly all the other medical conditions that you might have. Um, do a thorough neurologic exam, particularly of the nerves around the face, to make sure there's not an asymmetry or there's something going on. Sometimes those can be a little subtle. Uh, And then probably follow it up with just a minimal amount of labs to make sure that you're not having something wrong there. If all that's normal, then it's probably just overworking those muscles, and there's not much you can do about that other than rest them. Uh, But if it is a facial tick, which is a little bit different than muscle fatigue, uh, and that tends to be repetitive. Uh, it can worsen with, you know, if you're fatigued during the day, um, uh, at the end of the day, that if you, and you do have a facial tick, that can that can certainly uh, come up. Um, but uh, they'll want to they'll want to look at you a little bit in more detail. Uh, sometimes uh, they'll send you know individual physicians will send you to a, a neurologist. They can do some testing of those nerves a little bit more. Uh, and uh, just find out exactly what you need to do. There's not like a one or two medications to say, okay, if you just take this, it's going to go away, though. Uh, first, mm-hmm. you have to get at the bottom of what, what's going on, and there's a pretty decent list of things that this could be. Like I said, the most common thing is just muscle fatigue from what you're doing during the day, but um, uh, does it get by chance on the weekends? Uh, are, you, are you getting a break? Does it seem to be less on the weekend? No. Same, yeah. Yeah, it's my lower, you know, my lower face, like my cheek, too, does it like when I'm trying to sleep. Uh Usually it's, and then sometimes when I'm driving, when I'm talking, I'm fine. But when I'm still, that's when it happens. Yeah. I I would say you need to go to your your physician to get them to look at you and maybe a neurologist to take a look and see, you know, if there's not something else going on. 
Okay, that's exactly what I needed to know. All right, Diane. Thank, thank you for calling. Thank you. All right. This is Southern Remedy. The number to call if you would like to call in with a health care question about yourself or somebody else is one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you can send an email to remedy at mpbonline.org. We're going to go to, um, I believe, Jason in Madison. Good morning, Jason. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, so... A year ago this month, I was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. Okay. So as you can imagine, that changed my diet. And um, the only person that I've talked to about my diet was the person in the hospital. And the rest of it, I've been doing it, you know, on my own on the Internet. And, of course, that gets me really confused. <laughs> and, and then um, two weeks ago, I had my gallbladder taken out. So that changes my diet a little bit, too. And, again, I get on the Internet, and I'm seeing good information, bad information. I'm seeing information that uh, contradicts each other as far as the diabetes diet and the, and the new gallbladder diet. And so I'm wondering if I need to just quit looking on the Internet and uh, may, uh, maybe try to make an appointment with a dietitian and, uh, so I can get some real information you know, and figure out what's going on. I think you're right on the money, Jason. And um, you can find tons of different things out there on diets for different medical conditions. So you mentioned, you know, a couple of them back and forth about uh, either diabetes uh, or once you have your gallbladder out, just because it can change a little bit of your sensitivity of your gut to different things. And you want to be eating a diet that's appropriate for what you have. And you can particularly with diabetes, have a lot of positive effects from what you eat. Now, that's changed over the years. You know, we used to have pretty strict guidelines from the American Diabetic Association about a diabetic diet. And that's in quotes. You can't see me doing that with my hands. But um, (laughs) what we've sort of gone to now is to realize that there are many different, different types of combinations of foods that that somebody with type 2 diabetes can eat and control their diabetes. So you have to find one that that fits for you. So the good news is Jason, there's a there's something there's a a a diet out there just for you. Uh, but individualize individualization is probably going to be the way to go. So I think you're you're thinking about going to a nutritionist, uh, getting a referral to go to one and just right. saying these are the things that I have going on. What do you suggest? Uh, they're going to lay out some different things, that, you know, options for you, uh, and then uh, sort of trial and error after that just to make sure that it's going to be the best for you. But that's probably the best person to do that. The, the problem with generic diets like that, you know, that's even things that are extremely healthy. Like I've, I advocate the DASH diet on this program and with my patients quite a bit, and that's a, a high blood pressure diet. It's a dietary approach to stop hypertension. It's a Mediterranean yeah, well, diet. I have high blood pressure too. Well, there you go. <laughs> uh, but within that diet, you know, it's usually like five to seven servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Uh, most of the fats come from nuts or olive oil, those kinds of things. Not a whole lot of meat. Right. If it's meat, it's something that swims or flies. Uh, so, you know, those, those kinds of things are, are, it's good as a generic, you know, solution, but you have to individualize that to the patient and what their schedules are and what they're able to do, their preferences. 
I think you're going to be much more successful talking to a nutritionist and say, these are the things I really like to eat. Can I eat these? What can I eat? And just sort of come up with something that works for you. I think that's probably the best individualized way to approach this. Okay. So is that something that uh, can I just look up somebody and go, or do I have to get a referral from my doctor? You Most of the time you'll have to get a referral. You might find somebody where you can self-refer, but for a nutritionist, usually, particularly to get your insurance paying for it, whatever that might be, uh, mm-hmm. thankfully diabetes is one of those conditions that, that will cover that. So, But I would call your, your physician or primary care doctor's office and just say, hey, I'm interested in seeing a, a dietitian uh, for nutrition choices, uh, can you recommend me somebody? Great. Great. Okay. Well, I appreciate it. And, and, uh, I was, I I was kind of thinking the same way. I I just wanted to make sure that, you know, absolutely. You, you, you had it all in mind. So that's, that's just a, uh, a second opinion about, yes, you were going in the right direction. Okay. Well, I appreciate it, man. All right. Thanks for calling Jason. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, let's go to Liz, and I believe that's Moselle. That's Moselle. All right. Good morning, Liz. (laughs) Good morning, Doctor. I wanted to call and sing the praises of Kratom. Okay. And, and, And... MPB is wonderful because I wouldn't have known about it if it weren't for y'all. You you had a caller once, and uh, then there was the the show with the doctor and judge and all on it. No, not a doctor. Uh, yeah, I guess there they had a doctor that was a guest, or maybe he he was not. Maybe he was just some kind of lobbyist. But at any rate, it was it. And and on that program. You know, he was mostly saying how terrible it was and people dying and, you know, all the all the stuff that they sell you. He didn't say it was a gateway drug, but it's probably, you know, just because he hadn't thought of it. But anyway, I've, I've tried it. I have been on it for six days now, and it is life changing. Yeah, and that's what I've heard often on. I, I would caution people, though, that we've also heard people, and, and there's some evidence about that there are some, can be some dangerous uh, side effects with it. So certainly there, there's a lot of people, particularly with a, a, a medication or a over-the-counter you know, I, I, they, they are medications, uh, but they're just uh, over-the-counter uh, medications and supplements. So there have been a lot of uh, complications with it. Um, uh, Such as, because I'll trust you. So, so there's, there's, about, there's a lot of, over, uh, of deaths that have looked at it. And, we, oh. and again, we don't know all the information with it, um, yeah. but there have been some deaths that have been reported uh, that have been linked back to that. So uh, here's what I would say. So most of the people who take this, usually it's it's trying to either get off of other medications, particularly for chronic pain, or in treating chronic pain in different ways. You need to let your physician know about what you're doing. The other problem, yeah, I know. the other problem with the with the kratom is that it's not standardized in the I same know. way. So so, so you, I'm just I'm just taking a chance. 
Yeah. I mean, I know it. Yeah. Yeah. So I I would be careful. Uh, Again, I don't ever want to just pull that rug out from underneath somebody who's had a good response from it like you have. Uh, But at the very least, just because to be cautious about it, you know, I would say this about anything. Like, I think somebody who's medically trained needs to be looking at you and saying, "Okay, I know that you're on this. That's why I ask about supplements, because sometimes you may not know. You know, if you have high blood pressure, that taking something with, uh, with that's a supplement for energy might interfere with that. So uh, that, that's just a precaution I tell everybody. So, Liz, th- thank you for sharing that. And uh, certainly, uh, you know, anybody who has this is the way I say, you know, uh, advice about any kind of supplement. Look, if it works for you and it's safe, I don't have any problems with it. But I do think we got to be total disclosure about some of the you know, some of the safety issues with different things. So keep that in mind. We are certainly not endorsing that at all uh, from our program, or I think the jury is still out on that. And uh, there's certainly a lot of things that we need to uh, to look at uh, to make sure it's safe. I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart. Thanks for listening to the original Southern Remedy podcast. You can get your medical question answered by sending an email to remedy at mpbonline.org. For a regular dose of medical information, subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcasting app. The doctor is always in on the original Southern Remedy. If you ever miss one of our locally produced shows or want to simply hear it again, you can find what you need at mpbonline.org or download our podcast app to your smartphone. MPB programming is on your schedule at mpbonline.org. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. This is Southern Remedy with Dr. Jimmy Stewart on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email the show, remedy at mpbonline.org. Dr. Jimmy on Southern Remedy on MPB Think Radio, taking your calls this morning. A lot of good calls, uh, all kinds of different things that we've been talking about. We're going to go straight back because we've got some people, too, that have been patiently waiting. Carol in Memphis. Good morning, Carol. Good morning, Doctor. I am so grateful for this program and for MPB. You guys are wonderful. Do such a great job. Wish we had well, it thank here you. where I am. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I have a question, two questions, one regarding my eyes and another regarding um, medications. How long will tablets last if stored in a cool, dry place and gels that are medications and then liquids that are medications? Yeah, generally speaking, every medication is a little bit different. But generally speaking, if it is a a tablet, uh, so it's a solid tablet, 
that's going to be and you 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 brought up all the usual stuff it doesn't need to overheat and even if you leave it in your car it can overheat if it's in the glove compartment generally those are good for at least a year now in practicality probably more than that you know if you've got something that's a couple of years old and it's been in your pantry and it's you know in the dark and all that kind of stuff a lot of these medications though even if they're in the light that's why medication bottles if you'll notice are shaded so they're opaque at least from uv radiation uh just because that can break down a lot of medications if you leave them out um so uh at least a year but a lot of things are pretty stable over a couple of years just to be honest now the reason you have an expiration date on that is really a lot a lot of reasons but one of the reasons is that you can pull it if you need to like if that's an automatic expiration and they needed to recall a medication they could do it fairly easily because they would only have to go back a year now gels uh liquids uh sometimes even capsules are a little bit different and they can break down more quickly certainly anything that's liquid uh, a year at the most is is all the shelf life is. So I don't use anything. I don't advocate anybody using anything that's liquid over that expiration date. And in some instances, it's once you open it, and it's it's just a lot more easy to contaminate that. You take things like nasal sprays, like Flonase. Uh, you know, if it's just been sitting out, uh, you know, if it's a couple of months old, it may lose its efficacy, and you may have some contamination of that. But uh, generally speaking, if it's a hard tablet, a little bit longer, uh, gels, uh, you know, if if the container looks like it's been uh, damaged, like in other words, if the tube is starting to, you know, the plastic looks a little old on it, and a lot of times it'll uh, lose that suppleness to the plastic, definitely throw that thing away and get something different. But that's just a general, you know, rule of thumb about medications. Okay, and then thank you very much for that. And then also I have a question regarding uh, prednisone. Uh-huh. Um, I recently, uh, two years ago, almost to this month, I lost the sight in my uh, left eye. And um, long story, I'll, I'll just cut to the chase. Um, called my ophthalmologist, could not get in, told them I'd lost my sight. They told me I couldn't get in for a month. Ooh, goodness. Uh, yeah. Uh, so anyway, I ended up, going to see someone else uh, other than my doctor and um, was sent immediately to the emergency room. Um, they gave me um, prednisone, checked my sed rate, et cetera, et cetera. And then I was uh, sent to another doctor who ordered IV um, injections on the prednisone. This is my story. I've been on the prednisone recently. I've come completely off of it. How long do the side effects of the prednisone remain? So if you so so it depends on how you get it. So the oral prednisone, which you were put on first, probably they were probably. Go ahead. I was put on the IVs first. Okay. Okay. And then I'm I'm guessing they trans they they then when you were discharged you were put on the oral prednisone. Is that right? Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah. So IV and oral prednisone they last. uh, You know, usually if it's in your system for a long time, you can start to see some of the negative side effects of those. So long time being weeks um, and and beyond. Once you're off of it, it can take up to about six to eight weeks for some of the long-term side effects, which are usually weight gain, thinning of the skin. Uh, You know, you can have infections from those. Sometimes you can have GI bleeding. But once you stop those, a lot of those will go away within the first couple of weeks. 
some of the other sort of long-term side effects, which is fat distribution in different parts of your body, that might take months uh, to get over. And then some of the other ones that uh, that involve the bone density, uh, those are pretty much damaged on the spot, and you, it's harder to get some of those things back. So if you have, like, thinning of your bones uh, from that, that's something that's probably going to need to be addressed in other ways, and you may not get all of that back. My problem is I seem to be sensitive, ultra-sensitive to medications. Uh-huh, yeah. And um, so I'm having a hard time coming up with something that would be more holistic for the bone loss. And um, I can't take uh, some of the um, prescribed um, medications that are out there for uh, bone loss. Yeah. And uh, what I, of course, you you can do like vitamin D and, and calcium are certainly sort of a substrate that you have to have. And then good old fashioned, uh, you know, supervised weight bearing exercise can thicken those bones up. It also helps with your stability. So if you do have a fall, you're less likely to injure yourself and have a fracture. Um, but in, in this, you know, a lot of people say, well, all you need to do is walk. Well, that's great. That's a great exercise. But particularly if you're in your situation, I would say a, a program of light weights at least two to three times a week might be beneficial in trying to, in conjunction with taking the vitamin D and calcium to try to build that density back up in your bones. Okay. Thank you so much. I appreciate your advice. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, Carol. Yeah, uh, and uh, I'm going to let you go. We're going to uh, go to a different caller, but I do appreciate you calling in. Um, so, yeah, that is a, that's a concern about, um, about uh, you know, long-term prednisone use. Certainly you have to use it for some, some types of things, but uh, it can certainly damage a lot of tissues if you take it for a long time. All right, let's go to Sue in Beaumont. Good morning, Sue. Good morning. I'd like to ask you a question right quick. Sure. Um, my, I've had diabetes type 2 for about over, a little, over 20 years, and every time it, my blood sugar has been well controlled on metformin twice a day. Uh-huh. Every time I go to the doctor's office uh, or the nurse practitioner or anybody, they say, well, you don't need to take that anymore. Your blood sugar is okay. And I say, well, if I stop taking it, my blood sugar will go up, right? So Not, while success, they, it's the same thing about my blood pressure. They don't say blood pressure pill. Everything's lovely. Well, then why would they tell me I, need, I, could, I could stop taking it if I want to? Two reasons. Uh, one is for some people, as you get older, you don't need as much, and that's just the way your, your body metabolizes it. And it might be the case that you don't need that metformin anymore. I have a couple of patients that, that have uh, in that same situation. Now, they can always take you off of it or decrease the dose, and then, you know, check your A1C, which you're, you're probably familiar with that, that three-month average, and then get a good, you know, sense of uh, if you need to take it or not. Um, same kind of thing with blood pressure. For whatever reason, as we get older, sometimes I'll, you know, take uh, just based on what the blood pressure is. If it gets down, uh, you know, lower than what I'm comfortable with, with my individual patient, I might uh, cut back on the, the number or the dose of medication. So uh, those are the two, probably the biggest reasons for doing that. Another one is that our guidelines have changed a little bit with what our targets are as we get older if you have diabetes. So if you're over the age of about 65 or 70, there's no evidence now that suggests an A1C less than 7 is beneficial in preventing some of the side effects of type 2 diabetes, and that's a little bit different than it was, say, 10 years ago. So that may be another reason, Sue, why they're saying, well, you know, based on the information we have now, 
you may not have to take this. Okay. Could I ask you something right quick? Sure. What's the latest on the coronavirus? Is that the name of that virus? Yep. COVID-19 is what they're calling it now. So it has its own name. So there are still thousands of people in China who have it. Uh, We've got about 15, I think, uh, in the United States and about seven different uh, uh, states. These are all people who have had contact or had been in China where it started. Um, If you compare this to the flu, though, flu is a lot more dangerous. We have a lot more deaths. Um, the biggest thing is if it, you know that which the the health department officials in all these different states and our federal officials are doing a great job of containing this uh, in our country at least. Um, there's a lot of work going on, you know, looking at potential vaccines and different treatments. But from what we know right now, it's it's pretty well contained and certainly not to the epidemic levels that a lot of the news is portraying. So. Uh, in Mississippi, I'd say we're pretty safe unless you're planning plan on traveling to uh, central China, Sue. So I might delay that if you are. Well, thank you. Thanks for a great job that you do. Appreciate it. Oh, thank you for calling, Sue, and you have a good day. I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart. Thanks for listening to the original Southern Remedy podcast. You can get your medical question answered by sending an email to remedy at mpbonline.org. For a regular dose of medical information, subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcasting app. The doctor is always in on the original Southern Remedy. contractor ever tell you the price of something and it sounds so high you think "Eh, maybe i'll try it myself some jobs just aren't that difficult and yes you can do it if you want to find out how to do those things listen to fix it 101 podcast everywhere this is an mpb think radio podcast This is Southern Remedy with Dr. Jimmy Stewart on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email the show, remedy at mpbonline.org. This is Southern Remedy. Dr. Jimmy with you this morning, taking your calls and questions. Uh, number to call is one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. 672 If you didn't get a chance to call in today or if you have other questions, you can always email us at mpbonline. Dot, uh, sorry, remedy at mpbonline.org. You can go to MPB Online and listen to past shows as well. So we do archive those and uh, get those out pretty quick within a day or so. And uh, uh, if you didn't catch all the program, you can always go back and listen to what you missed. Let's go to Rob. Good morning, Rob. Hi, this is this is Rob calling from Vicksburg. Uh-huh. Hi. I, you know, I enjoy your program very much, Dr. Jimmy. Oh, thank you. you. You come across as very warm and relaxed, and you put your callers at ease. That's why it's what I enjoy best. But I, ha- I have a question for you. I, I am 80 years old, and, you know, I am on BP and uh, thyroid medication, mm-hmm. and I see my doctors regularly. Okay. Now, last night, suddenly, uh, when I was lying down in bed, but not sleeping, but you know, awake, I noticed that I have a sudden throbbing, sharp pain 
just under the nail of my right uh, big thumb. Mm-hmm. I mean, big toe, big toe. And, uh, you know, it lasted for, you know, uh, maybe five, something like five minutes or so. And then, of course, it went away. And I know it had something like this happened with my left toe also. And also, I have something similar happening just under the skin, the top skin of my left heel. Okay. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, so uh, nothing I do, I can I try to rub it or something to see if it will go away. You know, uh, it goes away on its own. It does not have much effect. So uh, I, you know, uh, I'm, I'm not sure I mentioned this to my doctors before, but one, one time when I mentioned it, you know, they checked my magnesium level and uh-huh. B12, yep. and they were fine. And I don't have, and as far as I know, I don't have any uric acid problem. Right. You know, because they regularly check my BP, my, my blood every three months or so. Yeah, yeah and those and, those would be things to to rule out. It sounds like they've done a good a good job of doing that, like gout, and like you said, uric acid goes along with that, and then a couple of uh, electrolyte abnormalities and vitamin uh-huh. deficiencies. Ha, have you seen Rob? Have you seen a, a neurologist for that? Uh, not, you know, I, I, I see a neurologist, uh, I think, uh, you know, uh, once a year, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I have a checkup with a neurologist because, you know, because of my age. And, uh, you know, uh, I think I, 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 when I mentioned them about the, the throbbing in my, you know, I think in my uh, left heel, uh, that's when they checked my magnesium level and my B12. And I have, you know, uh, since then I have been on the right range. Right. And uh, this other problem under the big toe, that uh, came up only last, you know, uh, uh, last night and maybe once before. Right. And I haven't seen a neurologist, you know, that's one of the questions I was going to ask you also, uh, whether I should see a neurologist next time I should mention this to them. But is there anything I need to do or I can do before that in terms of, you know, uh, I'll be seeing them in a couple more months, I think, you know. Yeah, I'm not sure what you could do in the interim before you see him. Uh, There's just a lot of things this could be. Certainly, neurologic-type pain can present this way. A little less likely in the heel, I think. I think that sounds like it might be something a little different. But uh, you can have pressure around the nerves going to your toes, and uh, you can have things like a neuroma, which is an abnormal growth around the nerve sheath. Uh, that um, basically presses on the nerve and can cause pain. Lots of other things that you could have. Um, but I, I think you're in the, going in the right direction to get yeah. somebody to look at it like that. But it's a long time to wait, but um, it's, it doesn't sound like this necessarily is going to do a lot of damage. It's going to be more of a nuisance for you. Um but uh, staying hydrated too, uh, you know, making sure that you're drinking plenty of fluids during the day, that might help a little bit. I know a lot that works for some people, particularly at night, um, if they're having most of the problems during the during the nighttime. Okay, I'm going. You know, right now I'm not scheduled to see my neurologist. They have for my first couple of years. They have put me in touch with a uh, gerontologist, uh-huh. and at this is at UMC. And would they be, you know, uh, would they be able to, I'm going to see that person in another couple of months, would they be able to either, you know, diagnose or otherwise direct me to a neurologist? Yeah, they might. Actually, that's a good question. Sometimes you could, you know, if you're seeing uh, um, a gerontologist, they might could um, 
uh, a geriatric physician, they might could give you a referral a little bit sooner. So I'd, I would try that, Rob. Okay. Thank you. All right. Thank you. All right. Let's go to Kevin. going to try to squeeze in our last couple of callers here. Good morning, Kevin. Hey, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, I have been experiencing for probably the last 30 years or so, um, all over my body, every place that you could imagine, uh, a sharp, like getting stuck with a pin. And sometimes it's pretty minor, but then sometimes it's enough to make you just wiggle. Uh, like the bottoms of my feet up to the tops of my head, all my fingers, every place have experienced this. Um, and it's, it's just worrisome sometimes, you know, and, and, uh, it's, it's not an itch exactly, but it makes me want to rub the affected area. And it happens just about every day a couple of times. So just your thoughts on that. And one more thing, I did, I did have gout or I do have gout. And by changing my diet, I don't eat bacon anymore. And I love bacon. But uh, by not eating bacon, a lot of my symptoms from the gout have cleared up. Yep. Yeah. That's pretty common. Sometimes people will find just, you know, one of the foods that has a lot of uric acid in it. And if they cut that out, that they can cut down on the the side effects of it. And uh, certainly an easy thing to do for most people. Uh, Back to the pins and needles. So uh, or, or sort of the sharp, sharp sensations that you're having. If it's all over your body. It's a little strange, uh, you know, uh, again, that doesn't sound like it could be any usually nerve type things like that. They uh, localize themselves to, to one position. Uh, but if the skin looks fine where you're having that, um, that is a that is a little bit uh, unusual, particularly if it's just all over and doesn't have a distribution pattern that's, you know, just in one place. Again, I you know we're we're leaning heavily on, on our neurologist friends today, but that may be somebody if you haven't already seen them uh, to look at that. Uh, they're probably going to look at systemic effects too. There's a lot of you know rare but uh, things that they can check for in your in your blood to sort of see if there's anything causing a lot of those symptoms. So that's where I would uh, lead you uh, with those symptoms, Kevin. Okay, very good. Thank you, sir. All right, you have a good day. I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart. Thanks for listening to the original Southern Remedy podcast. You can get your medical question answered by sending an email to remedy at mpbonline.org. For a regular dose of medical information, subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcasting app. The doctor is always in on the original Southern Remedy. Hello, I'm Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advising firm and co-host of Money Talks. For over 10 years, Money Talks has been answering your personal financial questions and sharing knowledge about money management. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart devices podcasting platform.